Let's pray before we look at the Word of God. Father, I pray that You would uh, bless our time now in Your Word, looking at what it says, appreciating You being the Father to us all. I pray we marvel at Your wonderful work in our lives. Bless our time now. In Jesus' name, Amen. Kaylin, would you grab the Bible in front of maybe the chair over there and bring it up? Thank you. So last March, Father Sean Cunningham took his son to a spring training baseball game in Lake Buena Vista, Florida. Maybe you heard about this, but he took his son to the game and it was between the, the Pirates and the Braves. And, and the hitter was up and swung and somehow the bat came out of the hitter's hands and flung into the stands. And there was a reporter at the game who captured this photo of, of what happened just at the exact right time. Do, do you see this? Okay? So you're looking right in the middle and you're seeing a little boy and he's got a phone in his hand and he just texted his mother something like, it looks like it's going to be a great game or something like that. And little did he know this bat is flying at him and his dad's in the sunglasses there reaching out his hand and it hits him right in the wrist. And, and, and I'd, I'd love to see his expression like, oh my goodness, you know, look what happened. And uh, I love the guy above him too with the incredible shirt on, like, he looks like he's using the force, you know, like this is Star Wars. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I'm not sure. But that, to me, that's a dad right there. I mean, it's just instinct at that point. It's here comes the bat. Everybody else, you know, they're kind of looking to see where it goes. and I want to get away. And this dad's like, not my kid. Boom. You know, hand goes out. I love that. I love that. Okay. Even though I know it was the force that actually protected him, that that I'm sure that's what that was. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> okay. Sorry, you Star Wars fans, you love me for that. I know you do. Okay. <laughs> one of the one of the privileges of being a dad is being a protector in the family. Now, I'm not saying a mom wouldn't have done the same thing. I'm not. I've seen some of you mother bears. I know. I know. But, I also know part of how fathers are hardwired is uh, to protect their kids. And if that's in the moment of bats flying, boom, the arm's out. You just, you just react. You're just dad in that moment. That's what you are. I love to look at a story in Scripture that shows Joseph from the Christmas story protecting his family. Would you turn there with me to Matthew chapter 2? Matthew chapter 2, we'll do verse 13. It's like Christmas in June today. Uh, so, you know the Christmas story about the Magi going to see the baby Jesus. And uh, if you've been in the church any length of time, you know that Mary conceived a child by the power of the Holy Spirit. And she was pledged to be married to Joseph. And Joseph was concerned because 
you know, she's having this child and it's not his. But God speaks to Joseph and says, no, no, don't be afraid to take Mary to be your wife. And so he does. He does. And, and in doing that, he becomes the father, the earthly father to Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And he becomes a protector in their life. You know, after the Magi came to visit uh, Herod, King Herod pretended to want to worship Jesus as well, the king of the Jews. But really what he wanted was to kill the child because that, that child, Jesus, was a threat to his kingship. So this picks up the story right after that. Verse 13 of Matthew chapter 2. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem in the vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he learned from the Magi. Then what was said to the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. And after Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee and he went and lived in the town called Nazareth. So it was fulfilled what was said through the prophet, he would be called a Nazarene. Fathers, I just want to say this morning, it is such a privilege to protect God's kids. To take a step back and say, you know, the Lord knit this son or daughter in, in, in its mother's womb. And then I get to be dad. I get to be a part of this thing. But, but this child belongs to God and has been entrusted to me. I get to nurture it. I get to protect him. I get to be there for her. That's me. I'm dad. And so part of this whole thing is understanding that Joseph was Jesus' earthly father. And we bear a similarity to Joseph. Even though for many of us we have biological children, we still fit the profile of Joseph because these are God's kids. You can't just treat them however you want because you're dad. They're God's kids. And this is a sacred stewardship that God has entrusted these kids to you. And so you better do that well. And part of that sacred stewardship is protection. Joseph, get up. Go. Go. And from what I can read, it sounds like Joseph got up that very night, that very moment, and left. And then this, I, wonder, I wonder how it happened the second time when God came in the dream and, and it says Joseph got up and left. You know, maybe it was like right then, like, okay, we've got to go again. All right, it's time to go. You know, get up, get packed. He didn't waste any time obeying because this was, at least the first time, this was about protection. It's about the Lord speaking. we got to go. Which brings us to this idea that our God 
is a protecting God. Our Father is a protecting Father. That's who He is. That's what He does. He protects. He's a shield. Here's a few verses that speak to that reality. We'll give you the Psalm 1. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them that those who love your name may rejoice in you. God knows that when He protects His people, and we're talking about His people right here, He protects other people too, but when He protects the church, His people, they rejoice. Just like we heard this morning. When, when you realize your Father is acting for your benefit, you say, praise God, praise the Father, and you talk about it, and He wants that, that glorifies Him. So, so He protects you, and it brings glory to Himself as the protector. Uh, the next verse, Psalm 91.14, Because He loves me, says the Lord, I'll rescue Him, I'll protect Him, for He acknowledges my name. Next verse, same idea there. Second Thessalonians 3.3, I thought I'd bring in a New Testament passage because I'm not just talking about physical protection. We're also talking spiritual protection. The Lord's faithful. He'll strengthen and protect you from the evil one. God wants to protect you from Satan's attacks. He's a protector. Satan's powerful enough that like, like in Peter's life, he could have overwhelmed Peter. We looked at that a few months ago. But there's God, the protector, who steps in. Now, yes, we get to wrestle with the reality that not everybody's protected. And even though every father would like to protect his kids perfectly, that's not how it works out. There's a mystery in God's will in this. Even so, we say, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was protected as a child. But when He grew up to be a man, they put Him on the cross. And at that point, the Father did not protect Him from the evil of the cross. That is, He didn't protect Him physically from that. I'm sure there was a spiritual uh, strengthening He received. But in that moment on the cross, His Father didn't keep Him from that. And of course, we know why. Because He was dying for all of our sins. That's the Gospel. If you found your way into church this morning and you're not sure why you're here, it's so you can hear that. That's the Gospel. That's why you're here, so you can hear that part. The Father, God the Father didn't spare His Son. He gave Him for you. And what we see in life is that sometimes God allows evil to touch our lives. He allows tragedy to touch our lives. That's why we have books like Job in the Bible. That's why we read stories like the tragic shooting in Orlando or a father fighting an alligator and losing. You just want to protect your son. And because I'm calling it a mystery, because the Bible doesn't give us like, this is the exact reason why. We know, we know God can use evil. He can use tragedy, but He doesn't do evil. He doesn't sin. And some of us had fathers that have wounded us. And, 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 and so, I don't want to camp out there, but I just want to say God is a protecting God. 
And we can trust Him to walk with us through the tragedy of our lives. Through the things He allows us to go through. And we can still affirm at the same time, God, You're a protector. If you wanted to send 10,000 angels and stop this from happening, all you had to do was say the word. That's the kind of authority God has. And, and we can never, um, never lose sight of that. Because if we lose sight of that, then what happens is uh, that psalm earlier that we read, people will rejoice in your protection. We stop rejoicing. If it's just chance, if it's like, well, that family's suffering and my family's not right now, and it's just how it works out, oh well, chance, then nobody rejoices. But if you look at the protection of your life from the Father, the Protector, you praise. Which is exactly what He wants. Give Him glory. And He'll walk with you through the tragedy. That's what fathers do. That's what they do. Fathers, let me address you human fathers. You get to carry out this protection in your kid's life. You know? It's like God the Father has assigned a person to carry out His protective work, and it's you. It's me. That's awesome. Some of you have no children, or maybe your children are all grown up, and so you've become the surrogate father to some. That's awesome. God's called you into that. He wants that for you. What does that look like? What does it look like to carry out the Father's protection in the life of your kids? What a privilege. Maybe we don't see it all the time. Maybe we don't think of it all the time. But I want you to come out of here this morning saying, what a privilege the Father's entrusted this with me. I have a few pictures. Jim, if you could read those pictures. Instead of telling you a bunch of stories, I thought I'd just visualize some of the things fathers have to do to protect their kids. I've got four or five. Here's one. I love his face. <laughs> and that the father's kind of lurking in the background. You know, that's a that's perfect picture right there. Fathers, you, you get to interview your daughter's date. You, you get to do that. By the way, there's, there's books written about how to do it well. I wish I would have, uh, I, I have some of those written down. I'm not there yet, so I haven't, read, I haven't read the books yet, but I'm going to. But, but you've got to interview your daughter's date, and there's Christians that have written good books on how to do it. They probably don't say to carry a baseball bat, but... You know, I heard one... A gun, yeah, yeah. Uh, I heard one... Uh, this is Bill Allison of Cadre Ministries. He's an awesome, awesome teacher. If you ever heard him, he's great. Uh, he... he uh, guy wanted to date his daughter and, and, and he did a Bible study with that guy in high school, you know? And, and sometimes the guy would come over to the house and the daughter's all excited. Oh, you know, Tommy's here, you know? And Tommy comes to the door, I'm here to meet with your dad, you know? <laughs> I love that. I love that. So, dad, this is you. This is on you. And I'll also say, uh, I'll wait, I'll wait a second to say what else I want to say. Keep, keep rolling. Oh, I love this. I love this. Dad's, we, we are in the position of giving things up, our personal comforts, for the comfort of our child, for their safety, for their security, for them to feel secure, we would give something up. And so dads, if you're going to love like Christ loved the church, both your bride and your family, 
you're going to give some stuff up. You're going to make some sacrifices. And I love that this kind of captures that, that moment. I'm sure he's going to work. He looks like a business guy. He's wet. I mean, that's, I don't know. What do you, what do, you do when you go into work and see your boss, you know? Uh, my boy. Keep rolling. I love this. Uh, you know, part of protection is, uh, you know, maybe it's you teaching your son, here's a safe way to use a gun. You know, I, I think that's, that's part of it. You know, we see so much in the news today on, on kids that are getting a hold of things and, and misusing them. Uh, it would be a good thing if we teach good lessons about this and spend time like this doing it, this quality time. Next slide. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> Any of you been there? Any of you been in that, that car? <laughs> All right. <laughs> love it. I love it. Uh, part of being a dad is these are the rules of the road. Here's what you do. Here's what you don't do. I remember my, t- my dad taking me aside and just ruining me for fast cars. He said, Niall, this car is a tool to get you from point A to point B. It's not a toy. But dad, you know, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. But there's something in us, even, even us older dad, even us older men, you know, you know who you are. You know, cars are pretty fun. And yet, to respect them is a protective part of our lives. How to use them properly and how they're not just toys. Okay, next slide. And, and this is the one I was saving, you know, I wish, so, so dads, what we get to do is have a conversation with our kids about the hardest things in life, right? We get to talk about sex. We have to talk about pornography. We have to go there. We've got to talk about purity. We, we get to have these very awkward conversations. I was just, uh, when I was at a, a conference in May, uh, Dennis Rainey of Family Life was teaching at this conference and I sat in his session and they have developed a curriculum called Passport to Purity. And it's like you go out with one of your kids for a weekend and you go traveling somewhere and you listen to these messages on purity and you, and you talk about it. Mine's on order, you know. Um, that. We get to have these... And you know what? I, I picked this slide on purpose because I wish... When I had the conversation with my kids that there would be this bright ray of light that would shine down from on high, like this is, this is a perfect picture. This is a dad who's not afraid to talk about anything. And dads, I know some of you hate the idea of talking about those awkward things. And you wish there'd be a bright ray of light and angels singing as, as, as you had to talk about it. But it's probably going to be a little awkward Try not to let it be. Ask the Lord not to let it be awkward and that you could just go there and speak with confidence. And if it is awkward, just say, Son, i got to go there. I have to talk about this or I'm not doing my duty as a father to prepare you for the sin of the world that will threaten the purity of your heart and take you far, far from God. This is us. We have to do this. We have to go there. Um, Next, yeah, um, I'm thinking about you dads that have served in the military and spent time away from your kids, protecting your country. Thank you. 
I, I know we thanked you a few weeks ago, but thank you again because you've sacrificed time with your children in order to fight for a better world, a better country. You followed your country's call. So thank you for doing that. And I know there's more examples. I, I know there's more, but these are some of the ones that came into my heart this week as I was thinking about this. Dads are protectors. God has called us into that. Now some of you might say, well, how does that work? You know, when I have to have the conversation, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? And that's why the rest of this passage is awesome. And I want to leave you with this idea that I think will be very encouraging for you. What happened with Joseph is what will happen with you. And it may not be a dream. In fact, I don't think God's ever spoken to me personally in a dream. Not that I remember. I've heard Him speak to other people in dreams. But He guides. God will guide you. What do you do for Joseph? Joseph, you got to go. And you got to go now. Someone wants to kill your boy. And Joseph gets up in the night and goes. Mary, let's go right now. We got to go. God told me. And then the second time, another dream. Joseph, it's okay to go back to Israel now. And, and, and you notice, you know, some of us, we wish the whole thing would be laid out, but there's still a walk of faith, isn't there? I mean, I mean, there's still, Joseph, go back to your home country, and Joseph starts to go back, but then he hears another ruler is ruling, Archelaus, remember? And he's like kind of scared about that. And so then God eventually directs him and he chooses Nazareth. There's still free will involved here, right? There's still you choosing to do something here. Joseph still has a choice. Where are we going to go? But what he does ends up being according to what the Lord said and according to the Lord's word. And those are two really big things we can't separate, right? You can't separate God told me from this is what God said in his word which is timeless and stands the ages. He'll be called a Nazarene, the prophets say. So Joseph settled in Nazareth. The scriptures say, out of Egypt I called my son. So that's where they fled. They fled to Egypt. Because apparently, when you're in trouble, you go to Egypt. That's, that's, what, that's what Joseph, remember Joseph in the Old Testament with his dad and brothers, there was a famine. Where'd they go? They went to Egypt. wasn't good for them to stay there, but that saved their lives. God will guide. And maybe you're not used to hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. You've got this voice. This is the main voice. This is the Word of God. So you look at this for your guidance. Whenever the Spirit speaks, you match it to this to make sure it's a Spirit and not your emotions. This is it. This is the one firm foundation. And when Joseph receives a dream, it's, it's matched by the Scriptures. He'll be called a Nazarene. Out of Egypt I called my son. They always match. <clears throat> Dads, um, <clears throat> I just want to encourage you because as it's been said this morning, none of us are perfect and maybe you heard something this morning and was like, well, I didn't quite do it like that. <clears throat> it's okay. God's grace covers that. In fact, when I had the Welshes take their uh, the vows of dedication this morning, I started those vows with, by the grace of God. 
Because none of us are sufficient on our own. None of us are sufficient. But the Father is sufficient. And we look to Him for guidance, for strength, for the ability to protect well. To protect our family spiritually, to protect them physically, to protect them emotionally. Let's do that well. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for getting it right all the time. Thank you for being a perfect Heavenly Father. And Father, I ask for those who are are still living in that moment of tragedy or that act of evil that was done. And I think they may still have questions. Like, are you good? Do you protect? Would you confirm your character to them this morning? Show them who you are so there be no more doubts. You're the protector. You're the provider. You're a good, good Father. And for those of us that have seen your protection, that have experienced it, let us be quick not to take the credit for that but to bless your name. And Father, when you tell us things according to your word, for us men, I pray we get it. And I pray that like Joseph, we obey immediately. Right now, rise up. This is the kind of father God has called me to be. Thank you for your guidance, in Jesus' name. Amen.